services you need, and we will tailor them to fit your business. Call today to see how we can provide you with cost-effective solutions. Harker Mellinger, 1811 South Sheridan Avenue in Sheridan. Our paint department is stocked up and ready to go. Hi, Kurt Smith here for the Sheridan Commercial Company. We're excited to help you with your next painting project. We have added the PPG line of paints along with our True Value paint line. This allows you so many new and exciting options for your next project. Whether you need help with customized color matching or choosing the right product, we're here to help. Great paint, great store. The Sheridan Commercial Company at 303 Broadway. Open seven days a week. One night after dinner, my wife asked me if I could clear the table. Well, I had to get a run and start, but by golly, I did it. Speaking of tables, Frackleton's is once again taking online reservations. Just go to Frackleton's.com. Click on the Reservations tab. Click the number in your party, daytime, booth, table, bar area, main room, or back room. And that table is yours when you get here. Frackleton's, fine food and spirits. Main Street, downtown Sheridan, where good food is good mood. Wrap Plumbing and Heating has been serving Sheridan since 2010. With all these years of experience, you can rely on them to handle all of your plumbing and heating needs. From new construction to remodels, repairs of existing systems to retrofitting, Wrap Plumbing and Heating can do it all. They are professional, clean, and courteous. Call 429-1196 for all your plumbing or heating needs. As we like to say, if you find a leak, let Dan take a peek. Are you ready to begin your college journey but aren't sure where to start? Stop by the Sheridan College campus in Sheridan or the Sheridan College campus in Johnson County anytime Monday through Friday during business hours to meet with an enrollment expert and get your questions answered. They'll guide you every step of the way. With over 50 programs of study, there's truly something for everyone. For a complete list of degree programs, visit Sheridan.edu. Apply today for the fall semester. Sheridan College, begin your journey. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize this week's winner of $1,000 cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, Sheridan USBC is receiving these funds for random drawing. We're giving $1,000 away every week to a qualified nonprofit organization. Next week, it could be your nonprofit. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment. Member FDIC. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program, brought to you by First Federal Bank and Trust. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whiting. Good morning and welcome to Public Pulse. Now joining me this morning is the Executive Director of the Museum at the Bighorns, Danielle Stuckel. Good morning, Danielle. How are you? Good. Good morning. I'm great. I'm happy to be here. Uh, one question I had for you. How was your first Wyo Rodeo week? It was great. I had so much fun. I tried to participate in as much stuff as I could. I went to the rodeo two nights. I saw the powwow. I saw the parade. I went to a polo match. It was great. Oh, fantastic. You really just jumped right in, didn't yeah. you? And <laughs> yep. it, what was your favorite thing? I know we don't want to endorse anything over anything else, but we all have a favorite, right? 
I enjoyed so much of it. I it was the first time I'd ever seen polo, though, so I oh, really, really did enjoy that, just because it was the thing that was new. I've been to rodeos. I did really like one of the things they did at the rodeo. They had, I think, the Sheridan College put together these little one hundred and one things where it gave you information about the different categories. I thought that was so nicely done and. I've been to rodeos. I know a lot of this stuff, but I learned things that I didn't know, different regulations and yeah. what how they were scoring, and I really enjoyed that. Well, you know, that's my whole thing, education and history and everything. So anything that makes sense, helps something make sense, I was like, oh, I really like that they did this. <laughs> and one of the best things I've found as I've gotten older is the more you know about a subject like that, the the more you see the athleticism yeah. involved, you yeah. know, like watching baseball from the outside, if you don't really know it, you know, oh, he hit a home run. That's yeah. that's great. And then all of a sudden you get down there and you start to learn these statistics and you start yeah. to learn how they stack this stuff up. Yeah, exactly. And now you're really watching, aren't yeah. you? The uh, yep. same with rodeo. You know, now you're really watching that cowboy or yeah. that cowgirl for their time. Yeah. And it made more sense why people got certain scores. I thought, oh, I had been missing part of this this whole time. Yeah, and I just feel that, like, the more you know about the subject, uh, the more interesting it really makes that, yes, that subject. Yes, absolutely. Especially anything having to do with athletics. Yeah. I think it's great. And all of a sudden you realize how important those that stock is. Yeah. Yep. How, you know, that, that, that animal is scoring points as well. Right. That's one of the things I didn't realize was how much of the points came from how the animal behaved. And I thought, oh, that's just so fascinating. I enjoyed learning about all of that. And it just it shows you how important having a good stock yeah. is to a rodeo yeah. and how it can absolutely change it up. Yep. Now, did you happen to see an increase in foot traffic up at the museum during Wyo Rodeo? We had a yeah. lot of people come in. Yeah. A lot of people, they call it Sheridan's Homecoming. A lot of folks come home for this. Do they go up and check out their museum? They did. We weren't sure what to expect. Um, my staff and I, this was all new for us this was our first rodeo, so we really were not sure if we should even be open. Some of my board members said, are you sure you don't want to give everybody the day off? Right. And my staff was, a lot of them have are from the area and have seen the rodeo uh, and um, the parade and everything. And so they were like, no, we're game. We're going to, we'll be, we'll be open during the parade. And we had a few people come through. We had um, a local car club met after the parade and... We had a nice, nice turnout, and I think p part of it was there were some tourists to town who were looking for things to do in the afternoon, and part of it was just local people who are maybe just a little bit, they've been there, done that, looking for mm -hmm. something else to do, mm -hmm. and uh, we had a few of those people come through too, which was really nice. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. But but I think it's great that the staff was like, look, we've done the rodeo, it's beautiful, we, we really yeah. enjoy it, but now's the time to kind of showcase the music. Exactly, yeah. I was so appreciative, because that allowed me to um, go and enjoy all these things for the first time, so I was, I was really grateful full to um, Chip and Susie and Frank and Rick, everybody who was at the museum. They really, um, they're a great, great crew to work with. I enjoy them. And you guys have done so much to the museum over the course of the last year, year and a half that, you know, people returning for the rodeo, this walking into the museum, it's different. You get oh, to see yeah. different exhibits and different things that are offered up there. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. If you haven't been there for a few months, it really looks different. And we did just have Longmire Days over in Buffalo. Did that, did you see any side traffic from that? A little bit. I'm not sure how many of the people who came through this weekend were 
were going to that, but I know a few people talked to me about it, and I was a little bit disappointed that something I didn't get to go do this year, but um, definitely it's on my list for next year. I'd love to go do that. But we, I, uh, yeah, it's a great time. Yeah, and we, we did see a boost in, in visitation, too, so that was really nice. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah when it comes to Longmire, just, uh, it's, it's, it's a ticketed event. And and so you really got to get ahead of it as soon yeah. as they offer those tickets. Yeah. You got to go in there because, man, those things go. It's just like the Y.O. Rodeo. Okay. As soon as it's up for sale, boy, they, they go right out the door. Okay. Uh, people look forward to this every single year. Oh, that's good to know. <laughs> now, what exhibits are up at the museum right now? We have some of the old favorites. We have a couple dioramas, a diorama about, about Monarch and one about Sheridan. Those are still there. And we've got, um, we have a, a, a fiberglass horse that was outside on our porch for several years. We've brought that in and we're building a new exhibit around that. And I'm just in the process of purchasing a crow teepee that's going to go up inside the museum. And we really wanted it to be crow specifically because they're constructed differently than a lot of teepees that people are used to seeing. The um, Dakota and Northern Cheyenne and a lot of the other Northern Great Plains tribes have a teepee that's based on a tripod for the main support that all the other poles rest on. And um, crow, I think Blackfeet do it this way too, but I know for sure crow have... Um, their support structure is based on four poles. So it changes the whole structure of the teepee. It's shaped a little bit differently. The cone is shaped different. And then the canvas that covers the poles is shaped differently, where the door is located, how the door is shaped is all different. And so we really wanted to highlight that um, people... A lot of people aren't really familiar with how teepees are structured to begin with, and this will will give us an opportunity to really talk about those differences and why they're different and how they're different, and it's really interesting, so I'm excited to be able to have this in the the museum and, and be able to talk to people about that. Teepees are a great structure to live in if you're living on the northern Great Plains, and I love talking about how how they're engineered they're very um you know people took thousands of years to hone them so that they were aerodynamic when the wind flows over them they actually the wind forces the teepee into the ground so it becomes more stabilized oh wow wow and how they're structured how the ropes are structured inside there's a lining inside the lining inside actually creates a, a double wall just like in a modern house that has balloon frames um um you have plaster or or drywall on the inside creating that airspace in the wall that creates some um, insulation and and helps keep the house warm or cool a teepee does the same thing when it has a liner in it and i just think that's fascinating and brilliant and what a great structure to live on the plains in and people th- often think of them as these really unsophisticated oh they just lived in a high tent no it's a really sophisticated structure absolutely and some of them were were pretty big yeah i mean incredibly large yeah yeah and you can actually put two teepees together so that you can fit more people inside and, oh, and wow. have it open on one side and yeah there there's it's amazing technology and I love talking about it and and that's another example of just like at the rodeo once once you understand all of the thought that goes into it and all of the science that goes into it people don't usually think of native americans as having any type of 
um, a scientific approach to how they live their lives. When in reality, there was um, when you study the culture and the history and their food ways and and how they constructed things, there's a lot of fascinating science and engineering there. Oh, absolutely! And, and I love the fact that you're you're bringing you're trying to get one now, yeah, and and put it up there um, so that people can go inside and really get kind of a hands-on or yeah. eyes-on yep. at least uh, uh, a learning experience from this. And, and you're right, you know, uh, when we look back on that, we, we tend to think that, uh, well, it was primitive, but it really wasn't. Right. This is an advanced piece yeah. of architecture yeah. that uh, they, I mean, they wintered in. Some yeah. of the worst winters, we all know how winter can be around yeah. here. And, and they stayed warm and developed an entire society around this thing. Yeah. Uh, so I, I love that. Um, and uh, when you get one, I would love to come up and take a look at it because I don't know enough about that. Yeah. I, I would really love to learn about that. I'm going to have to find help from the local community to set it up because I've set up the traditional tripod teepees before, but this is new to me also. So, And I have some, we have a board member, Bill Yellowtail is from uh, the Crow Reservation, and, and we have a few other contacts contacts to look to also but i'm really excited about being able to set this up and and learn myself how how it's done so there's a learning curve here for me too absolutely you're gonna sleep in it when you put it up uh, i would love to yes. <laughs> just do like at least one <laughs> night right at least do one night now uh, there's uh, an exhibit up there tribes and trails if someone wants to learn a little bit more about native americans can you tell us about that we have some objects on loan from a museum in montana about it's just a really basic kind of a 101 overview of some of the local tribes and that's one of the things I'm looking at changing out we have um, we haven't collected a lot of Native American objects in our museum before and we're completely rethinking how we do that oh and, really okay and we're looking at bringing some things on on loan initially we've talked about doing a, a beadwork exhibit um, but that's one of the things that we actually want to, it's a gap in our collection that we want to fill and tell better stories about the local tribes and the, their histories here in the area and how their cultures are different. And so the things that we have on display, um, if people want to come see that, they should do it soon because I'd actually like to return those loaned items and, and replace them with some new things and things that we're actually acquiring ourselves. And I think that's absolutely fascinating because if anyone has has looked through, you know, old archival pictures or, or been to a powwow, um, you realize how beautiful and intricate that beadwork is. Yeah. That is such a beautiful art. Yeah. Um, and, and I love to see that it hasn't been lost. Yeah. You know, uh, when we when we attend these powwows and, and we get to see those firsthand, it's just it's just awestruck. That's you know, something I really so want to highlight too is I want to show people the history of this artwork and I want to highlight things from contemporary culture also that um, these artists are still working, they're still doing things. How how is this relevant to their lives today? How 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 have um, patterns changed and their techniques changed over time? And that they're still doing this. Yeah. Um, that it hasn't died away. It's not something that used to be. It's still a very important part of the culture and part of our local community. And and that's really important when we do an exhibit like that. That we highlight that this is, they're still here and they're still doing this. And Absolutely. It still matters. Beautiful tradition. Yeah. Passed down generation to generation. 
I love it. I, I would love to come up and see that. All right. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll have more with our museum at the Bighorns. You're listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE at 103.9 FM. Shared. Another great summer event is coming up soon, the Sheridan County Fair. Fair and livestock exhibitions are the foundation for agricultural promotion and a time to remind everyone of the key role that agriculture plays in our local economy and daily lives. It provides opportunities for youth and adult education. The First Federal Bank and Trust family would like to extend congratulations to all the youth who worked so hard all year long to be able to show at the County Fair. Community is the heart of First Federal. First Federal Bank and Trust, true community banking for over 88 years. Member FDIC are now more fun, more accessible, and better than ever through the McDonald's mobile app. The app is now the only place you can earn My McDonald's reward points on every McDelivery order. Plus, you can get those free McDonald's rewards you earn delivered, too. Just order, relax, and enjoy. McDonald's will bring your faves to you. Just go to the Google Play or Apple App Store and download the new McDonald's mobile app and start saving. Download it now. McDonald's, Sheridan, Buffalo, and Gillette. Okay, so I got this smartwatch that actually tells me that it's time to drink water. Our ancestors crossed the wilderness in covered wagons without water reminder sundials. How did they not die of thirst? Well, if you're looking for water, all you have to do is call 307 Wildcat Well Service in Eureka. They drill a hole in the ground and deliver cool, clear water. So here's your reminder. You need water. Contact 307 Wildcat Well Service today and you too will have cool, clear water. Hi, this is Brad with Primate Motors, where we are interested in paying cash for your vehicle, camper, or trailers. With the overwhelming demand right now, Primate Motors wants to not only work with you to get you a fair price for your vehicle, we want to restock our lot with some local-owned units. Payments too high, we also do down trades. Stop out to Primate Motors and let us evaluate your vehicle, discuss what works for you, and then make the deal happen. Primate Motors and Super Trailer Store. See us online at primatemotors.com. Your health is important. Don't put off feeling your best today. PEMF Wellness can help get rid of the toxins in your body, assist with muscle fatigue, and support general relaxation. If you have not tried PEMF therapy, call Aaron today and book your session. 752-8117. Check out PEMF Wellness on Facebook for more information and give certificates for new clients available on Sheridan Media Hot Buys every Thursday. Do you think that on tonight's episode of The Bachelor, Finn will meet the gill of his dreams? With his intimacy issues, he may never find romance. Oh, man, maybe we should just surf the net over to sharedimedia.com and check out the Fisher Bassoff contest instead. The photo contest that runs now through Labor Day? Yeah, you can enter by clicking the contest page, click on the Fisher Bassoff banner, and enter daily for a chance to win a $500 gift card to Shipton's and Bloodhorn Lumber. Bet. We can tune it in next week. <laughs> right? Yeah. Never want to hang it up. All right. Good morning. Welcome back to Public Pulse. Proudly brought to you by our friends out there at First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting. This morning, I'm joined by the executive director of the museum at the Bighorns, Danielle Stuckel. We were talking about some of the exhibits that are up right now. And if you've got a little one out there who loves dinosaurs... You should get up 
to the museum at the Bighorns as soon as possible. Dinosaurs, two mammals, 150 years of Wyoming prehistory. Have you gotten a lot of folks stopping by for this exhibit specifically? And and I'm going to ask a lot of 10-year-olds because yeah. that's about the age yeah. where it's, what's your favorite dinosaur, yeah. right? Well, I I have been pleased to see how many adults have been really engaged in this exhibit too. There's a lot of kids and a lot of families, but a lot of there's just a, a general um, number of people who want to come in and see this. The nice thing is that we're pointing out um, fossils that came specifically from the region. Oh wow! And yeah. then where people can go to see those things um, around the area, where you can go see the different sites, um, you know, like around the Bighorns and everywhere where you can go. So we're really trying to push people out to those sites also. If you like this, if you'd like to see more, these are other places you can go see. Sheridan College has a, a, a museum that they're working on building, and so we're, we've been trying to push people um, out there to go see what they've got. That's where all of these the fossils come from is a, our partnership with the college and the Museum of the Dis- of Discovery there. But uh, this is something that we also have realized we need to collect these things also. It's a great partnership with the college, but when these fossils go back to them, we would like to continue to maintain a collection and, and have things for people to see. Um, and just that the whole concept that these are things that came from Wyoming and we have such a rich paleontological um, resource here and history here. Uh, some of the when you look at the history of paleontology, some of the really interesting things that developed came from here in Wyoming and how they started to figure out what the different dinosaurs looked like and how they were putting pieces together and there's great stories about how oh they totally misunderstood what this particular fossil uh, was supposed to be and how the dinosaur looked and they had to go and redo all of the books because they got it wrong and um, a lot of those stories are based here in Wyoming and they're really fun to share and people don't always realize the role that Wyoming played in such an important um, scientific development. Absolutely. Uh, there's a, 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 a don't want to say too much, but there's a rock store in Thermopolis that uh, two paleontologists run. Actually, I think he's a geologist. She's a paleontologist. Okay. Uh, husband and wife pair. And she has a dinosaur named after her because she oh. discovered it. And it just could you imagine that? And, that and one, cool. one thing that you brought up, one thing that I absolutely love about science, we got this wrong. Yeah. And we're going to go back. We got to scratch all of this and, and yeah. we got to basically just redo everything that we've been telling you for 50 years. Yeah. But that's okay. That's the way science is supposed to work. Right. Yeah. That's the way discovery works. Yeah. We I learn like a little that. bit more. Yep. I really, that's a part of the story that's always been really appealing to me. And and the you mentioned geology. The ge- geology of the area is just fascinating. Oh, it's and beautiful. The bighorns, I've been learning um, more about the geology of the bighorns and the more I learn the more fascinated I am and that's an exhibit I would really like us well we are, we're looking at um, you know what kind of foot space in the museum do we have to talk more about local geology and the geology of the bighorns has a really good story to tell oh absolutely and and what I've got a friend uh, she went through became a geologist she works for uh, the state of Oregon now but uh, beforehand she was working for mines she worked on private studies and on the surface, you think, so you study rocks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but once you get into it, she has done so many fascinating and just 
uh, just outright cool things yeah. because of this science. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot more than just the study of rocks. I mean, right. it is the history of our planet, and yeah. it's just fascinating to learn and about. it's so relevant to our daily lives because all of this, all of the research that paleontologists and geologists do, a lot of people don't really understand how it fits into and applies to their daily lives, how it's relevant. But there's so many products we use every day that, that stem from the natural resources and stem from an understanding of you know, oh, now we have this product we can make and te- technology has changed. NASA has some really good uh, publications about all of the products we use in our daily house, our daily household that stem from the space study and they're um, going to the moon and all, all of the all of the other things that were invented and created specifically for rockets and and the different uh, shuttles and, and different um, times that they've been up in space, all of the things that impact our daily lives. Well, geology and paleontology and archaeology, these fields do a lot of the same thing where we have things that impact our daily lives, technology, products we use that stem from these natural resources and understanding the science better. And, and you don't always see that. How does, how does understanding fossil dinosaurs impact our lives? Well, understanding where you can find oil and where you can find coal, um, you know, these are still products we use and, and we, we need. And how do we do this better? And, and people who care about the environment and people who care about using these resources, how can we find common ground and, yeah. and um, really use the science effectively to create better lives for ourselves today is so important. And, and that's what geologists do that people don't always see. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's just so many different sciences like that that yeah. just reflect that beautiful uh, aspect of science each individual study. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Now, uh, just real quick, you talked about getting kind of the museum's own collection of these types of fossils. How do you as a as an organization, how do you acquire these things? Most of what we acquire comes through donations from um, people in the local community. There are times when we make purchases, but those are usually rare. Uh, sometimes we'll find something online through eBay that, oh, this you know relates to a local business and we really should have something like this in the collection. So there are times where we will make a small purchase, but most of what we have, 90% of our collection is donation from local people who care about local history and want to make sure it gets preserved. So if, I mean, if someone out there had private land and they stumbled upon what could have been a dinosaur. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do they do? They contact the university. The university digs it up. Does the person on that? Does It's complicated. Yeah. And I don't know all of the ins and outs. It depends what state you're in. It depends who the landowner is. Is, is it private land or public land? So the, and, and whether or not you have the proper permits. So it can get really complicated. And that's why you see in the news sometimes some of these wars over fossils and, and intrigue over where somebody found something, uh, accusations of whether or not people are ethical and above board. It can get really um, dramatic. That puddle could get really <laughs> muddy, huh? Yes, exactly. So that's one of the important things that we're always taking a look at as we acquire things. We have very um, strict protocols to make sure that we know exactly where something came from. We have paperwork where somebody has um, demonstrated they had the permit they needed or it was found on 
particular piece of land, whether it was private or public, and who has authorization to own that object. Wow, that can get really complicated yeah. really fast. Yeah, that's, and that's why it can take us so long sometimes to figure out yes, this is ethical for us to own. Yeah. And as you said, everything's got to be above bar. (laughs) It's getting put out there for everyone to see. Well, for a museum like ours, we're we're not a county or a city museum. We're a 501c3 nonprofit, which means we have um, the IRS grants us Um, the authority to have these items in the public trust in exchange for tax benefits. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's kind of like how you think about the national park. Um, The parks belong to everybody. The government manages it, but they belong to everybody. Well, our collection is the same way. We we own the collection. We manage the collection. But in Technically, because of our relationship with the IRS and how we're organized legally, these are um, these belong to the community, and we're holding them in the communities for the community's benefit, preserving local history for the benefit of everybody that lives here. You know, and I think that's one reason why the museum at the Bighorns is just so uh, it's fascinating because it's you go up there, you look at this stuff, and uh, the majority of it. Is yours. Yes. This is your collection, yep. Sheridan. And every time you walk through, this is your museum, and a lot of the stuff around here is your history. Yes. And that just kind of hits home, yeah. you know? And just, it makes that connection a little more real, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. I'm working on, right now, going through doing a complete physical inventory of everything, which is really important for me to do so I get familiar with what's in the collection, things that need maybe more care than they've been getting, things that might be good for exhibit, or maybe things that we should reconsider. Why do we have this particular thing? We don't have a good story about it. We really aren't sure you know, what it has to do with Sheridan. Is this something we should keep or get rid of so that we can make room for things that have a really strong tie and connection to Sheridan history. So as I move through the um, physical inventory, I'm identifying gaps that we have, and there's a lot of gaps. We, we've, we've collected some things. Um, we have a lot about uh, coal mining history. Um, that's one of our strengths, although there are some things I've identified that I'd love to collect more of around that, too. But there's a lot of places where there, we have real gaps. I mentioned earlier Native American history. We haven't collected a lot in that area. But I just went to the polo match, and I was thinking about all of the things that we could be collecting around polo that we don't have in the museum. There's a lot of things around ranching and farming in the area that we haven't collected specifically. And so that's one of the things that I'm looking for is all of these amazing things from local history. How, how do we represent those through objects in the museum, and do we have the objects we need to tell that story and and so there are a lot of opportunities where we're going to be looking for we don't have anything about the rodeo for example um, we, we do have a few things but not a lot not as much as we should not enough to put on a good a good exhibit yeah so we, we would really like to acquire those things and make sure that we're telling the story of of Sheridan properly doing a good job of it that's absolutely fascinating and uh, Daniel I greatly appreciate you coming in this morning uh, I had a lot of other questions but I love <laughs> I love being able to just get on a sidetrack with you yeah. and talk about history and yep. the history of the area. I love our conversations, my friend. Thank this you. This is always fun. Thank you. <laughs> All right. When we come back, we're going to talk about an evening that's upcoming with Uprising and Sage Community Arts. You're listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Shared.
Another great summer event is coming up soon, the Sheridan County Fair. Fair and livestock exhibitions are the foundation for agricultural promotion and a time to remind everyone of the key role that agriculture plays in our local economy and daily lives. It provides opportunities for youth and adult education. The First Federal Bank and Trust family would like to extend congratulations to all the youth who worked so hard all year long to be able to show at the County Fair. Community is the heart of First Federal. First Federal Bank and Trust, true community banking for over 88 years. Member FDIC. As the longest standing number one beauty rest dealer in Sheridan, the Carroll's Furniture Team feels it's our job to make sure you get the best night's sleep possible while also getting the best deal around. Our expertise in this area is unmatched, so we're doing something special for you. Bring in any beauty rest mattress quote and we'll match our competitors' price dollar for dollar. Take advantage of this offer today and ask about our sleep satisfaction guarantee. Find us on Facebook and Instagram or carolsfurniture.com, Carol's Furniture, 340 North Main in the heart of downtown Sheridan. Face it, you don't want to do your own plumbing and heating work or repair. You need a professional, and that is exactly what you will get if you work with Rapp Plumbing and Heating. Being fully licensed, bonded, and insured, you can rest assured that they will take care of your repairs and maintenance in the very best way possible. Call Rapp Plumbing and Heating at 429-1196 and rest easy knowing it'll be done right. This is Dan Rapp with Rapp Plumbing and Heating. And as we like to say, if you find a leak, let me take a peek. Facing one's own mortality can be very challenging. At the time of a loss, emotions run very high and decisions can be very hard to make. This is Carrie Kimmel with Sheridan Funeral Home, and I have been helping families plan ahead for this difficult time for 10 years. I would be honored to help you through every step of the planning process. Visit SheridanFuneral.com or 307-683-9200, Sheridan Funeral Home and Cremations compassionate service for the Sheridan community. Champion Funeral Home is dedicated to providing compassionate and personalized service to your families. They provide support, personable care, and affordable prices to Sheridan and Johnson County and surrounding areas. Champion Funeral Home has been family-owned and operated since 1911. They will comfort you in your time of need and provide your family with a meaningful tribute to your loved one. Contact Champion Funeral Home at championfh.com or call 674-6369. Fresh Palisade peaches and pears from the Sheridan Sundowners Lions Club can be ordered at Third Thursdays in Sheridan or by contacting the club at sheridansundowners1 at gmail.com. 20-pound lugs are $40 for peaches and $30 for pears with arrival in early September. Proceeds from orders help fund vision screenings, eye exams, glasses, and even operations for youth and needy residents in Sheridan County. Also join the club for the main event Gravel Grinder, a fundraiser bike ride with 25, 50, and 80-mile lengths to choose from. For more information, visit maineventgravel.com. Oh, did you inherit a home that you don't want? Maybe it's run down or in the part of town that you don't like. And dealing with getting it cleaned up and listed is one more thing that you don't need on the plate. Wire Renovation is here to help. No matter the condition or the location, Wire Renovation will take a look and make you a cash offer with minimal bank involvement. WireRenovation.com Bringing the properties back to life. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, proudly brought to you by our friends out there at First Federal Bank and Trust. I want to make a public apology. I got my weeks missed up. I, I looked at the wrong Monday. Joining me for the second part of our show this morning is the executive director of Sage Community Arts, Jill Benson. Good morning, Jill. Uh, uh, the Uprising and Sage Show is next Monday. That's mine. 
Well, welcome. Well, thank you for having me here, and I'm so excited too. And it's wonderful. I love to see that we have back to back Mondays Absolutely. that we get to present. This is fabulous. <laughs> I love Sage Community Arts. I love Uprising, uh, and and that partnership is one that I think is just one of those made in a dream. It's perfect. It really is, and we've just kicked it off. And I think we have some really great stuff we got to talk about, and what's coming up with the more partnerships that we get to do. So. And and that's something that I do want to talk to you about about Sage Community Arts. You guys have partnerships all over. Um, this is one of those things, you know, uh, organizations are stronger when we all come together. Uh, how do you develop those? Do you just get like an idea or are you approached? I mean, how are those developed? I think it's a, it's a beautiful combination of both. Um, so one of the things I really tried to do when becoming the director here is living into Sage Community arts, realizing that we are, you know, our our mission is to build and inspire community through the visual arts. And so whatever aspect that means, um, whatever partnership that we can somehow through that thread of partnership, we're building a deeper community. That's what I want to live into. And so it, it really happens both ways. There's certain places I'm like, I can I can see the vision of how we can partner, how we can bring art to there. And I, I try to bring energy to that. And I think that's helped bring it the other way, too. People will be like, we want to put art here. We have an idea to like do. Um, we need a, a kind of a mental break and we think art is the place to do it. But that's where we we get hung up. Now, we, we don't know where else to go. So we're going to come to you, the mastermind of all art things. Yeah. <laughs> it has been really fun to to kind of play into that role. And so it, it's been really great to see um, to see how those different ideas come together, because uh, I wouldn't say I'm always the best idea generator. But if I get that little spark or if someone brings me ideas like, oh, now I understand where to how we can execute it. I can get I can get it done. Amazing. Which is actually exactly how the fence art project started so if someone anyone has seen down on the construction fences on main street there are now i think there's about 24 out there three foot by four foot vinyl signs that have artwork printed on them they have the sage logo and on the other side has um the title the artist and then what business got to sponsor those oh fantastic it's been so cool and I'm such a visual person that when I was writing this out, I'm like, three foot by four foot. Yeah, that, sure, that looks good. Getting them printed three foot by four foot is very large. <laughs> hey, it's fabulous. It covers a lot more space than I expected, so it's perfect. But that idea was brought to me by Pam down at Jackalope Ranch and um, Megan over at Java Moon. They're like, we want to see some art out on the fences, you know, maybe some kids' art. And they're like, Jill, help us. And I go, um, I'm like, I just see the nightmare as a gallery manager. I'm like the nightmare of trying to have original art out there. Like how do we protect it? How do we, from the construction worker side, like Mm -hmm. them trying to, like we're trying to build a street and watch art. No, thank you. Yes. A little distracting. A little distracting. So I was like, well, and how do we get a bigger reach and make it easy for everyone involved? And like vinyl signs, they will stand up to the Wyoming weather. And then when we can, if it gets hurt, we reproduce it. They run into it with something, we reproduce it. And then they're super easy to move. They're zip-tied on. I can move them. I can curate them. Then all the artists have to do is send me their image, and then all the construction workers have to do is move the fences when they're ready to go. And so they don't have to worry about any... If it gets hurt, it was a a nominal fee to do it, and we have a great partnership with Alpha Graphics who's just pumping them out like crazy. I have another 30 
in production about another 50 I'm finishing. So we have so many that are going to be on there. <laughs> How many are up right now? I believe it's 24. I lost count at one point. We were at these giant rolls trucking down, <laughs> trucking <laughs> down start, Main Street, ready to go. <laughs> just put them up until there's no more rolls, right? Yeah. It, They're now, on this section by uh, starting at the Katy Building and ERA and going down. And so the next section will be starting kind of around um, the fly shop and then going on, on that section. And so they'll just be working down. And um, it was great because that next level of partnership is that YDOT and the city and the construction company were amazing to work with. The, oh. I put together the little application, like, here's what I'm thinking, here's the proposal, here's how St- Sh- uh, Sage will be the steward of all of this. And they said, yeah, perfect, go. And it came through almost faster than I had artists ready to go. It was so cool. And this project has just come together amazing because the artists are like, here's all my images. Do you want more? Did you get all those here? I have a thousand more to go to you. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> we have. So I have so much artwork ready to go. And the businesses are like, yeah, this is amazing. This is the way I can get my name out there without, and you're still following all the guidelines that we have to. So it's just the name. There's no other logo. Sage's logo is like the this has been approved kind right, of right. sort of this thing. This is a community this thing. This is together. the community project. Look how we're look how we're going. And so we're encouraging businesses to if they want to kind of play off of there, it's like tell your patrons to go find your sign and bring in a selfie with it and maybe get a, a able to draw for a coupon or something. And so that the, it's getting people downtown to remember that the sidewalks are open, that there is stuff to go out out there and um, actually the big green backgrounds of the fences are amazing to like have the artwork jump out really, on. i was gonna say <laughs> yeah. make them pop right? it really does it's like is that gonna be okay i'm like please keep them up great. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just been amazing how this is true is the community project that came together with that little spark of an idea and we were able to pull together you know, five different entities right away and now we have so many businesses and so many artists and not all of them are sage artists we did a call out to everyone it's like Here's the parameters. You have to get it to me. Just get it to me. Yeah. And everyone is, I joke with some of my artists. I'm like, if you could you do this also for other calls? You're very prompt. You're very, <laughs> <laughs> things are delivered on time. <laughs> like, we have a jury show coming up. And I was like, look, everyone, this is how quickly I need things delivered <laughs> so we get a show at a time. <laughs> I just think, I think it's really fascinating that that, that, being able to just put your art up on a, a sign that will hang on the street prompted such a fantastic response. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's not a big gallery. It's it's nothing super fancy. It's mm-hmm. it's on the street with construction, but yeah. it has really transformed the way downtown construction looks right now. It really does. And and this idea just kind of blew my I don't know why other cities and maybe other cities have done this but I think it's fantastic yeah. uh, it like you said it really draws people to the downtown area the sidewalks are open the businesses are open mm-hmm. go down there take a look at some of this art with the family stop in a couple shops while you're there exactly and we've started to see some of that go and um, you know kind of selling this of like what the uh, fence art banner art's going to do is they'll be up with the construction fences as long as they're going and that's you know this year some into next year potentially and it's like well what's going to happen to them after that then they become a giant gallery of my art in the wild program so if there's any other fences around if there's events especially art alley what sage is going to do we'll be able to start putting these up any other 
yeah, if anybody has a chain link fence they want to see these up and promote them, we'll work with them to curate those up, you know, maybe someday on the rodeo grounds or at the schools, you know, it would be amazing to get to see. Oh, absolutely. Again, it shows the diversity of the art we have here, too, because we have abstracts, photography, realistic painting, fantasy painting. It's just everything. As long as I can digitize it, it can be anything. It's been amazing, the amount of different works coming in. And you don't need any more in case there are artists out there oh, listening. Oh, we will still you. take more. You'll I got another uh, email this morning that they want a, an order of 30. So That's fantastic. <laughs> like, wow. So the more art, the more the merrier. So just send it to my uh, our emails online or write to me directly, and we will get it on some art and, and to, to do this uh they should probably take like a high resolution photograph of yep. their art and make sure it gets to you make sure it's high resolution though. yeah they say um alpha gave us the parameters of at least 300 dpi or greater and if you're having struggles with it let me know because i have several artists who are fine art photographers and they they can take the picture of the art for us and get it to that high resolution so oh, fantastic i'm we're willing to work with anyone if you because like, some of the phones do work some of the old ones don't work but yeah. you know if you're just if it's not in these busy days, especially in summer right now, where every day is very booked. Yeah. <laughs> if you can bring it into us, take a picture, and then we can get information because we've had other people reach out to us like, I love this image. I would like to buy the original or a print of it myself. Oh, and really? So this is also where um, we are directing everyone through Sage to contact the artists then so that a sale could happen. Oh, that's fantastic. And so we've had a couple contacts already, which has been very exciting. So it's, it's go shopping downtown, and exactly. you can even shop for art while you're there. You will see them. <laughs> if, if it's available. If it's yeah. available. Now, speaking of a call for art, you've got another membership call for art going out right now. What do we got? We have our member uh, gallery turning over... Oh, I just looked at the 15th, 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 15th through 18th of August. We will be turning over our members gallery. And this is always so exciting because any of our members out there, or if you're looking at a very great gallery to, to try and put your artwork in there, if you're a new artist or if you're a transitioning artist, we are a gallery for you because we help promote your art we help guide you through what the different guidelines would be of hanging on a wall or if you're a 3d artist how we show it on our pedestals or in some of our cases um and then you get to meet the wonderful people who are rachel and myself and danielle and so we're like to toot our horn we're pretty fun to work with and (laughs) so and that's a great time because it's about four months that that'll hang and then we turn over in mid-november and go into our pop-up show which takes over both galleries and so it's 45 a year for an individual artist 25 for a student and that's to be able to get the student just show us whatever student id you have if it's high school college there's no age on it we just like to see the idea so if you're in your late 60s and you're taking classes again you're a student you're a student that's right yeah and then it's 80 for a family or for a business. And that's just, that's a yearly rate. You get discounts on our classes and you get to have these, um, some of the other art in the wild, you get primary uh, calls for those to be able to get some solo shows around with other partner businesses. Um, we have some other member only deals that we kind of do. So like they get to do Art Alley. So 
with Third Thursday, when we get to shut down Brundage, um, we become Art Alley, and that's where only SAGE members get to show, and I help curate those for, for that. So there's a lot of um, perks to being a member, and we're also really trying to build out what non-artist members get to do. So we have lecture series, we have other kind of meet and greets where you can interact with artists and some other um, interdisciplinary stuff that way so that the art lovers feel as appreciated and get as much value as being a member of SAGE as well. That's fantastic. I don't have a lot of time left, but I do want to explore this kids camp. Uh, I've only got about three, maybe four minutes. I can make it concise. So this is... Super exciting one. This is our fifth kids camp of the summer with our wonderful partners at the YMCA. This specific one is mostly ages of middle school, but it is focused on printmaking. Our instructor is Rachel Rouleau, and she is so gifted with printmaking, and uh, she said that is her favorite age of kids to work with. She's taught with them through many different classes and other uh, careers, but... She has an amazing five-day plan out. It'll be three hours each day. Sign-ups are through the Y, but um, we still have openings, and I think it'll just be an amazing opportunity for the kids to get to work on a print press and work in different uh, mediums of printmaking. So when you don't have access to a press, you can still make the amazing prints that are printmaking. I think that's fantastic. It'll be so fun. With this partnership with the Y, how did it develop? Uh, it was a little bit in the works when I started. They've been helping us with our Go Art. And so uh, once we started seeing, um, and just the more I work with Liz over there, she's like, oh, this demographic's asking for classes. This one's working. So Go Art, what we usually have with Aaron Waddell, has totally taken off. She wanted to make another one of uh, kind of focusing these uh, mediums for kids. So she did an oil painting class for kids. But then a lot of the youngers, they're like, they got to see big brother and big sister go to class. So yeah. What do we do? So we did art at play for the five to seven year olds. That was the energy. I bet that was so fun. Oh my God. It was amazing. I thought (laughs) the building would just shake with the energy that was going and they loved it. And so we're recharged now and we'll might even look at doing something like that in the school year. And now Rachel came up. She's like, I want to do one for kids in printmaking. So August 7th to 11, 7-11, you will get to have your kids do this printmaking class. And so if there's ever any idea of some art-directed thing, um, let me know because we're the expert of artists, but the why is the expert of kid wrangling and finding all that. So we took the burdens off of each other on some of that. So that's like... Well, we know how to do this. We know how to, so let's get together. And it's just exploded and been amazing. And they have an amazing reach, and we have an amazing reach for artists. We just are a perfect combination. I think that's absolutely fantastic. So all someone's got to do, if they're out there listening, like, I want my little one in that camp, I contact the YMCA. Yep, and it's... Um, Youth Printmaking Camp. It's a pretty basic title. So <laughs> Fantastic. And I can only imagine where this goes from here. Uh, y- you know, the the availability of the different artists and the different styles that we have around here and shared and being able to display that for kids is great. Jill, I've run out of time. Thank you so much for coming uh, in this morning, so my much, friend. Floyd. And I will see you again next week. On Monday. Be great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You've been listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE at 103.9 FM. Shared.
First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize this week's winner of $1,000 cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, Sheridan USBC is receiving these funds for random drawing. We're giving $1,000 away every week to a qualified nonprofit organization. Next week, it could be your nonprofit. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment, member FDIC. At Legacy Diamond and Gems, they have a wide selection of estate jewelry, including gold, silver, and platinum. With new items arriving weekly, now is the perfect time to stop in. Items include pre-owned Rolex watches, vintage and modern rings, pendants, earrings, and more, all at great values. They're also buyers of gold, silver, and platinum jewelry, paying maximum prices for diamonds and fine gemstones. So hurry in to Legacy Diamond and Gems, where quality and value are always in style. Legacy Diamond and Gems, 11 North Main Street, downtown Sheridan. It's your comfort zone, your place to unwind. So why not have it exactly how you want it? That's right. It's time to spruce up your home. Are you thinking about a countertop remodel in your kitchen, bar, or bathroom, or adding a custom stone bar, outdoor fireplace, or hot tub with beautiful stone surrounds? Sheridan Custom Stone is here to make it a reality. Visit Sheridan Custom Stone at 1765 South Sheridan Avenue today to start your dream project. Summer's here. That means warm weather road trips. You're ready, but is your car ready? Are your tires safe for hot weather driving? Midas Tire and Auto has rebates on name brand tires. Is your vehicle's air conditioning running on empty? New or old, including the most recent YF Freon systems, Midas works on all AC systems. Getting and keeping you safely on the road for this summer's travels. See Midas Tire and Auto on East Brundage Lane in Sheridan. When you talk to your pets, this is what they hear. And your dog replies, Hey, Mr. Whiskers, I think he's saying we're getting new dog and cat food from Northwest Naturals. Raw diets for dogs and cats sold locally only at the Health Nut. He says Northwest Naturals has cat treats, too. Which means you guys stay here. I'm going to the Health Nut in Sheridan's 5th Street Mall right now. Hi, this is Liz Kincaid, host of the new video podcast called Sheridan County Ag Update. Join me each week as I visit with folks in our area about local agriculture issues, rodeo, 4-H, FFA, and more. You can find my video podcast each week and past interviews under the podcast tab or on the front page of SheridanMedia.com. Sheridan County Ag Update is presented by Heartland Kubota, Cowboy State Bank, and True Built Builders. So join me, Liz Kincaid, host of Sheridan County Ag Update on SheridanMedia.com. KROE, Sheridan, broadcasting from the Wyoming Corporate Office Studio.